It's probably in your car, boo. <laughs> but I'm excited to be here this morning. I'm also excited because I am not preaching. So I, I, I was supposed to have a bunch of stuff go down this week with the building in Chalmette, and it did not. And in the process, I said, babe, why don't you preach for me in both services next weekend? She's like, oh, okay. She doesn't think she's as good of a preacher as she really is. If you've heard her preach, she can throw it down. But this morning, I want you to open your heart. I want you to be ready to receive. Would you please welcome my lovely bride as she comes this morning? Pastor Caitlin, would you come? I never stop getting nervous to speak because it's a privilege. And the fact that God doesn't need to use us, but he does anyway, just blows my mind. I want to pray real quick. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, that the word that you have put on my heart, God, that it would speak to their hearts, Lord, Lord, I pray that we come open, ready to hear you. Let it fall on good ground, Jesus. Amen. Has anybody ever been that kid who would rather blend in than stand out? Um, like, or maybe you didn't choose that, but you felt like that you're in your life, like the kid who raised their hand every time and you just felt like the, the teacher never called on you. And it didn't necessarily upset you, but, you know, you're just like, oh, okay. I just never really get noticed. You just feel kind of blendable. Well, uh, as a kid, my mom um, used to put me in modeling agencies, and we'd go around and, like, do interviews for and casting calls for commercials. And I loved it from, like, the time I was, like, a toddler. Um, and if you know my middle child, Bethany Joy, she's very energetic. She's very loud. She's not going to get overseen in a room. She will make sure she's seen. Uh, and that's kind of how I was as a kid. I was very energetic. I was very loud. I was always excited. I was over the top all the time. Um, but at 11, I was in the mall with my mom and my brother at Lakeside Mall, and you know where Santa and the train is now? They used to do a lot of casting calls, random casting calls in the mall like that when we were kids. And my mom was like, why don't you go do that? And I was like, okay, because that's just how I was all the time. And so she's like, the line's not even long. Like, just go do it. So I went up, and I went to sign my name on the, they just had like a notepad. And when I walked up, I noticed there was pages and pages and pages of kids that have already come and, and done the casting interview, and I was like, oh, man, I'm never going to get this, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I just did it, and they interviewed you. No big deal. A couple months go by, and my mom comes and checks me out of school, and she's like, you're never going to believe this. They called me, and she, like, explains the, the deal, and basically it was the biggest thing I'd ever done it up until this point, and they were going to give an all-expense-paid trip to New York City. You could bring one parent. You were going to be in a commercial for National Geographic. And I'm, like, pumped. I'm, like, this is cool. But, again, at this time, I was kind of in this place, you know, 11 years old, where I was getting a little insecure about who I was, right? So I didn't 
necessarily want to be the loud kid because I felt like it annoyed people. So in my group of friends, I would kind of shy back or I'd, I'd just not do things that I thought was fun because I didn't want to be like, oh, well, that was stupid, you know? And I just, I was getting very insecure and trying to figure out who I wanted to be. And so this excited thing happens and I didn't tell anybody. I didn't go to school and say, I get to be in a commercial. I'm going to New York City. And I did not grow up that way. So going to New York was huge, okay? Like it wouldn't have happened if this didn't happen. So me and my mom go, we get out there and I could tell that some of the other kids throughout the nation had, because um, they picked 12 kids within the U.S., so that's a big deal. Um, I get there, and I would realized that these other kids had been in commercials before. Like, this wasn't as big of a deal to them as it was to me, and so I felt very out of place, and they go to do my little first initial interview, and the guy's like, okay, go, and I'm like, wait, I don't know what I'm doing, and he's like... <laughs> you got this, you've done this before. And I'm like, no, I, I really haven't. Not on this level. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't belong here is what I'm thinking. And he's like, well, we're going to train you how to do it. And you're going to be great. And long story short, I ended up doing the commercial. And um, that was that, honestly. It didn't even ever really go bigger than that. I didn't become a star, obviously. But the Lord had other plans. Um, but it was a really fun time for me. And as I was reading, um, I like to read in Luke as it gets closer to the holidays because I just always stand in awe of how cool God is in the story of the birth of Jesus. Um, I was reading about Mary, and usually I'll just read along in Luke, but I couldn't get past chapter 1, <laughs> and I just kept going in chapter 1. So today I want you to read with me in Luke chapter 1, verse 34. We're going to go through 38, and I'm in the Amplified Virgin. Version. 34 says, Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin and have no intimacy with any man? Then the angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a cloud. For that reason, the holy, pure, sinless child shall be called the Son of God, and listen, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For with God nothing is or ever shall be impossible. And then Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel Gabriel left her. And we all know this story. An angel visits Mary. He tells her she's going to have a baby. And we can kind of comprehend that that's a big deal, but you know, Mary was only about 12 to 14 years old here. She's very, very young. She's already going in a new season of life. She's engaged to a man that, let's just be honest, she didn't get to choose. She was betrothed to this man. And so she's entering a new season. She's about to be a wife. She's from a small town, Nazareth, that most would consider insignificant. It, it wasn't known for anything. No great stories come from Nazareth. And at this time, when the angel comes to her, she has no relatives. She knows no one who has ever been visited by an angel to receive a word from God. It hasn't happened in like 400 years. And my lovely husband, who knows all the things, enlightened me on that, which was really cool. Because you think like, oh, well, she'd heard that this person had been visited 
by the Lord or this person had heard God spoke, but she hadn't. She had only heard about these things that were far off and, and told to her that happened ages and ages and ages ago. For, for it to happen to her, she's probably like, oh, my God, no one is going to believe this, you know? So today I just want to walk through how she responds to the angel Gabriel, how she responds and has this conversation with God. And so the first thing she does is she hears this news of what God wants to do, and she immediately disqualifies herself for the job, which is what we often do. We disqualify ourselves. God asks us to do things, and we're like, well, I can't because fill in the blank, or I am just fill in the blank, right? And she says, well, how are you going to do that? Because I am a virgin. What she's saying isn't wrong. It's not unfactual. She is a virgin, and she's not even living with a man. She's not married to a man, and she's telling him, like, don't you have anyone else that could possibly make this happen? Because my situation, one plus one is not equal in two. Like, it's not going to happen. And she disqualifies herself, most likely because she feels like she's not fit for the job. She feels like out of all these women, God wants to use me to do this job. Doesn't he know who I am? I'm just a young girl from no significant place. I'm just ordinary. I just blend in. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do, and I'm just blending in. And God, I am just this person. This is all that I am. We disqualify ourselves. How often has the Lord put it on your heart to go and pray for someone and you're like, well, I've never spoken to them. Lord, don't you know who I'm shy, God? Don't you know you made me shy? Don't you know you made me introverted? You want me to go talk to them? And we give the Lord all of our excuses and our disqualifications. And there's times in our walk with the Lord where he's going to ask us to do something beyond what we are because it's not about us. It's about him. When the Lord says, I want you to give you know, $20,000 to the ministry next year. And you're like, well, I don't really make that much money. So where's that going to come from? <laughs> That's disqualifying ourselves. That's saying, God, you know what kind of job I have. You know what my income looks like. Where's that coming from? Who? But what we really can do is lean in and see how he responds to us, right? Instead of I am this, our, our answer should be, okay, God, how are you going to make this happen? Which in a sense, Mary does say in the beginning, she says, how will this be? Because I am only a virgin. How can this be? You see, but God listens to our disqualifications. He's very patient. He lets us give all of our excuses. And then what he does is he takes our disqualifications and he endorses himself. God will always endorse himself. He will always tell us, this is how. If we are willing to ask, he will show us how he will do something. He will show us that, no, you're right. You are a virgin. You don't know a man, but this is how I'm going to do it. And he reassures her. And in verse 35, it says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a cloud. He's saying, you don't have to worry about anything. I'm going to do it all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of everything. You don't even have to know a man. I will do it. I will take care of it. I will overshadow you. And what we disqualify, God will take that very thing that we think is impossible 
and he will take himself and he will cover us and he will overshadow us and he will take us under his wing. Like in Psalm 91, it says that is our place where we should live. We should live there under his covering, under his shadow. Because outside of his shadow, it can't happen. It won't happen. If she would have said, okay, let me see how I can make this work and try to do it without living in sin, it wouldn't have ever happened. But when she steps under the shadow of the Holy Spirit and she allows him to work on her, she realizes that it can happen with him. And I was thinking, you ever, um, this happens a lot at the Nunez, Chris will stand in a certain um, spot on the stage and you won't be able to see his face just because of the lighting or whatever. And somebody's face is under a shadow and you can't really see him. What do you have to do? You either have to get closer or you have to change the lighting. You either have to get closer or you have to change your position. And what the Lord is saying here is, Mary, I don't need you to do anything. I don't need you to, to do anything except come closer to me, come in my shadow, come under my wing so that you can see me. And everywhere you go, because this walk is going to be hard, it's not going to be easy. People, there's going to be people who don't believe you. But if you stay under me, they're not going to see you. They're going to see me. You ever seen a kid who notices their shadow for the first time? And they're, it's all they can think about. They're attached to it. And that's all people are looking at. Or you, yourself, ever walked on a sidewalk and your, your shadow is much larger than you are? What is it? It gets your attention. It's like, oh, that thing's following me. Okay. And that's what the Lord is saying here. I am not leaving you. I am going to overshadow you. I am going to make this happen for you. I just need you to stay under that shadow. I need you to stay under that wing. The third thing that happens in this conversation is God connects her with other believers. He shows her that I'm not just setting you apart to set you apart. I don't want you to be alone in this. He says, your relative Elizabeth has also conceived. And we know that Elizabeth is old in age. She shouldn't be bearing a child. It doesn't make sense. It makes just as much sense for her to be having a kid as it does for Mary to be having one without knowing a man. It's, it's equal. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. And so he tells her, I know I'm asking you to do a big thing here. I'm at, what I'm asking you to do is outside of who you are. But there's somebody else who's also done it. There's somebody else who we can run to. And that was me with that commercial, right? I got this exciting news. I'm doing this exciting thing. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep that to myself. And y'all, every time my mom would tell somebody, because, you know, moms are just proud and they're your biggest fan, I'd be like, mom, stop, stop. And I was almost embarrassed of it. And I'm, and I'm like, what? That's so silly. As I was telling Chris, I'm like, it's funny that I thought that way because it was such an amazing thing. It was cool. It happened. We did it, you know, and I didn't really go on and tell anyone, no friends, no anything. And what it really made me do was feel ashamed of something that I should have been excited about. And what if Mary would have kept that? Because, you know, after this story, she goes to Elizabeth's house, which is where John the Baptist leaps in her belly because she realizes the presence of the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus was changing lives before he was outside of the womb. <laughs> he was changing lives. And 
she goes to her and, she, and you know, they discuss. And, and that's what we need. That's what life group is. Let me tell you this amazing thing is God doing. Or you know what? Let me tell you this thing that I feel like I'm supposed to do and it's scaring the heck out of me. We need to hear other people's testimonies. The Lord wants us to stay connected to people who have been through things and that they've been on the other side and they can say, I've seen God move. I've seen God use my finances when I didn't have any income. I've seen God heal people when I didn't feel like I was the person for the job. We need to get connected and he wants us connected. And, uh, you know, he does, Mary knew she'd be set apart in this. She knew she'd be the only one to ever do this life, to ever walk that walk, to ever be part of that miracle. So that alone makes her set apart, right? That alone separates her from everybody else. No one else can say that they were used in that way. But just because God sets us apart to do something, it doesn't mean that he wants us isolated. See, isolation will make you feel lonely. Isolation will make you feel like it can't happen, like you're doing it by yourself. Isolation takes us out of the shadow of the Holy Spirit. We've now removed ourselves from it. But when we connect with other believers and we're like, if God did that for them, I know he'll do it for me. I know he'll do it for me because even though I, I'm ordinary and I'm just little old Caitlin, so are they. So are they. And God will connect us to other believers. And what's her last thing she does here? She responds in this part, y'all. In the beginning, she disqualifies herself. And she says, I am just a virgin. <laughs> That's all that I am. That's all that I'm identifying by. I am just this. This is all I have. So I can't possibly be the person for this job. You must have visited the wrong woman, Gabriel. I'm not sure you heard who I am. But now, only four verses later, after hearing that the Lord is going to be with her and he's not going to leave her, after being reassured that he's done it for somebody else and he'll also do it for her, her response turns into, I am a servant of the Lord. I am your servant, she says. May it be done the way that you say. She goes from, I am unable to, I am surrendered. She doesn't say I'm capable. Nothing about her situation has changed in that conversation. In four verses, nothing has changed. She's still a virgin. She's still engaged to a man. There's still no way that she can do it. But she's no longer saying, not me. I'm, I can't do it. She's saying, well, here I am. You know what you're getting, God. <laughs> you know what you're getting. I'm your servant. I am surrendered. And, you know, I used to waitress and serve when I was going through college. I didn't have to show up to work with cups and utensils and plates and food. I didn't come with anything. I just came with myself. And everything that I needed was what? There. It was provided. It was provided for me. I showed up to work, and I used everything that wasn't mine. I didn't own it. I didn't come up with it. It was provided for me. And I said, here I am. I'm here to serve. 
There was nothing. God doesn't need our pre-qualifications. God doesn't need our resume. He knows everything about us. He knows all your shortcomings. He knows your situation. He knows how much money you make or don't make. He knows. He knows it all. And all he's asking for is, okay, if you're asking me to do it, this is what you get. I'm here to do your work. I'm here to do what you're asking. And yes, there are times where the Lord will ask us to do some work, right? We can't just sit like a bump on a log. Like Chris said earlier, there will take some steps of faith, right? Because if I'm asked to sow money into a ministry or give money to a family in need, not only will the Lord provide that for me, but I've never seen him drop it from the sky. What is he provides relationships, opportunities. He gives us ideas when we go in prayer to him. He's, he's, um, don't keep waiting on a money tree to grow in your backyard. It's probably, it's probably not going to happen. Probably not. I mean, it would be cool, but probably not. She went from unable to, okay, here I am, Lord. Whatever you say, I'm going to believe it, and I'm your servant. All God needs is our yes. That's all he needs. All I had to say to go to New York City, all expense paid trip, was say yes. I could have said no. I could have said, oh, I'm not up for that job. Not me. I'm just from an insignificant place called Chalmette, Louisiana. Nobody even knows where it is. I've never done anything like that. And even though I think what you're asking is really, really, really cool, I don't think I'm the one. I could have said that. All I had to do was say yes. They literally sent me an itinerary. They booked all my stuff. That was it. I didn't do anything else. just showed up. I just showed up in a place bigger than me, biggest place I've ever been, very intimidated. Nothing changed about that as I went on. I was still just as intimidated when I showed up in New York as I was when I got the phone call. I probably left still a little intimidated, but a little like, huh, I did that. And that's what the Lord will do. He'll be like, I did that for you. Go tell somebody else. I did that for you, and I need you to connect with this person because I'm asking them to do something big. And I need you to go tell them what I did for you. Don't allow something big that God did for you to stay quiet. Don't allow it because it's not about us. You didn't do it. God did that. God did that. All he needs is our yes and our surrender. Mary was just obedient. She was just obedient. And, you know, she was chosen because he knew she was pure and he knew she was faithful. But he also knew that she was the only person for the job. And although she thought that many other women could have been used, he knew she was it. And for us to disqualify ourselves is telling the Lord that he made a mistake. And our God doesn't, he doesn't make mistakes. He's always setting us up. He's always got a plan. Always. And you know, some of you have been disqualifying yourselves. 
the Lord may have asked you to do something lately and you're like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I got a lot going on, Lord. Don't you know it's Christmas time? It's stressful down here, God. (laughs) Help me, Lord. If we disqualify ourselves so often that we're not even leaning in to hear his response, we just, we say, well, I'm just this, and we walk off, and we don't even wait for him to tell us how he's going to do it. And he will blow your mind with how he will do something. You see, God gives us things in snippets because we're too, we're too small to understand how, how huge he is. And he'd probably scare us away if he gave us the whole picture, right? He didn't really go to Mary and say, I'm going to give you this child, and then I'm going to ask you to watch him die on a cross. He didn't tell her that. He didn't tell her that. He said, you're going to grow the son of man. You'll be blessed for it. You'll walk in favor. He didn't tell her about the sacrifices immediately that it would take throughout his life. But she's still known as the obedient, blessed mother of Jesus. She's still known as the woman that we should honor and respect. We could still learn many of things from how her heart knew to respond to the Lord. After that, if you keep reading in Luke 1, you can hear her prayer. You can read her prayer after that, and that, that'll just blow your mind in itself, how she just goes from, well, I am just this little girl to I am a blessed woman, and, and she, she gets this confidence that she knows who she is because she's spoken with God, because she knows she's being used by the Lord. So today I want you to ask yourself, what have you been telling God that doesn't line up with who he is? What has the Lord asked you to do where you said, well, I don't really, I'm, I'm not that person. I can't, I can't do that, God, because it doesn't make sense. What you're asking me to do, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. You see, we don't serve a logical God. A lot of what he does doesn't make sense. A lot of people he uses don't make sense. If he would have told, you know, little 14 googly-eyed me who met this, this guy that I'd have to, you know, be a preacher and, and be a preacher's wife and, and we'd give up all these things to speak his word. I'd be like, well, you could use somebody else, God. Just, just pick somebody else, Lord, please. That's not where I was going in life. I was going to be a superstar, y'all. I wasn't going to give God glory out of everything I did. But he doesn't work like that. He gives us small clips. And all he asks is that we say, yes, I'll follow that, Lord. And I'll believe you're covering me, God. I believe that when people see me, they won't see me. They're going to see you. When people say, wow, how is she living that life? They will see you, not me. How did she get out of that addiction? They'll see you, not me. I didn't... a five-step program didn't help me. Jesus did, right? God will set you up for big, big things. All he needs is your surrender. All he needs is your surrender. And 2,000 years ago, he provided that. He provided everything we needed to say yes. 
just as when I was a, a server and I walked into work with nothing. It was all given to me. I just had to say yes. Will we lean in? Will we lean in? Bow your heads with me. I believe today there is people here who feel like maybe he's not a God who speaks or he's not a God who asks you to do things. You may feel like that person that, that gets overlooked. Or maybe we just haven't opened our ears enough. Maybe we just haven't leaned in enough positioned ourselves in a place where the Lord can visit us. Maybe we haven't been still to hear what he wants to do, what he wants to ask us to do. But he's constantly asking. He's constantly challenging because he's got work to do. He's got work to do. He's got hearts to change. He's got lives to rearrange. He's got pe more people that need to fall in love with him. And even though he doesn't have to, he wants to use us for that. So would you lean in for his response? Would you lean in and hear what he's asking? And change our response from... I am just to, I am yours. What would you have me do, Lord? And if you haven't surrendered and you, and you feel like you don't know where to begin or you don't know how to hear God speak or maybe you feel like you're not even good enough for the Lord to use, I have... I have to ask, have you surrendered your heart at all? Because he did send his son to die on a cross. And that was all the providing that we needed. Everything, everything from that point is just a yes. And all God wants is our heart. All he wants is our heart. Will you surrender to him? Will we say yes today? Use me, Lord. Here I am. If you feel like you need to recommit or repent for disqualifying yourself, I'm going to ask you to come up so we can pray with you. Just give them your yes. Give them your heart. Offer him all that you have. This is me, open, vulnerable, at your feet, Lord. I know I don't come from much. I know what I pour out at your feet may seem like little to others, but this is all that I have, God. This is all that I am, Lord. But I know that you're bigger. I know that you're broader. I know that your wings spread.
bigger than I can imagine, that your shadow cast over more than I could ever see. Offer him your heart today. Repent for disqualifying who you are. There are qualities about you that Jesus put in you because there are people who need to see them. There's people who need to hear them. And no one else is up for that job. Thank you, Lord. Just repent to him right where you are. <laughs> 